Job 1 and uh, 6, Job 1, 6 to start. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for coming out, my family. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys and I appreciate my church family too. So, you know, you get to a certain point in your life or I guess you say you get old and um, you start to appreciate people that appreciate you. And that's, you know, you, t- you too, Bonnie. Bonnie's like my... Um, there you go. <laughs> I was thinking, how do I put this? <laughs> I done dug myself in a hole and I got to get right out. Uh, yeah, Brad, we're going to tell that story. <laughs> Went down Friday. I was door dashing because Ford keeps laying us off early. We call it TLO. So I got to try to make up the money some way. So I was door dashing and went down the street that I shouldn't have went down and could have backed right out, but didn't do that. Just kept going and got stuck in the mud. I mean, my whole car, you couldn't even see under it. It, it was terrible. So I called dude. I figured, well, dude could just lift it out, you know? <laughs> That's what I was thinking anyway. So dude took a look at it and he gave me a ride home. He's like, you're not getting that out. <laughs> So me and Luke went back, and we're digging it out, and we're not getting that out. So I called Brad, and he comes. He has a, was it a F-150 diesel? Yeah. And I called Brad, and he comes, and guess what happens? He gets stuck right away. And, I, and I'm like, I am in big trouble. <laughs> I am in major big trouble. So we called Jared. That's my nephew, Jared, right here. And... Um, he brings his truck and he pulls Brad out. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. It's like, I didn't even care if I got out at that point. I, I just wanted him out. So I had to call a tow truck and $215 later, I, I was out of there. So learned a good lesson, I guess. A lesson that I already knew. So <laughs> Lear- yeah, learned it again. <laughs> it's bad when you gotta learn twice, but um, Let's look at Job here, and I'm probably going to talk a little bit about foundation, you know, our foundation in God, and um, then I'm probably going to talk a little bit about myself, um, talk some about my calling, um, talk about my personal relationship with God some, and uh, talk about my mentors. So um, let's start with Job, and 1, 6, we're going to read 6 to 12, he's got it up there. I'll read this one. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, where, From where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on earth and walking around on it. You know, I, went to, I just want to say one thing. I went to Pastor Turner's church for a while, and every time I walked in the door, he said the same thing. He's like, have you been running the earth and going back and forth? <laughs> he thought that was like the funniest joke ever, but actually it was funny every time. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. But the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. You know, I, I think, I just want to say, when, when Rob talks about being perfect, I mean, I think this is what he's talking about. I mean... Job wasn't perfect in the flesh, I'm sure, and I'm sure he made mistakes, but God saw him this way. 
you know, and if God sees you that way, then, then you're on your way to doing some great things for sure, or God's going to use you, we'll say. But um, Satan answered the Lord and says, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. You know, if it, it, and I'm going to keep flipping these glasses up and drive me crazy, but, um, you know, it's amazing. People don't realize how much God works in their lives. And, um, you know, you don't notice it until you start to, until you start to, until your eyes are open to it. And, um, you know, God is, the one thing that I've learned, I guess, being a Christian, is that God is so involved in our lives. And he's involved He's as involved as we want him to be, as we let him. And um, I don't mean to get to the personal relationship part, but, you know, you want to be born again, you want to move on with God, you have to have a personal relationship. And I was telling him in Sunday school, I don't care what it is, there's nothing that I don't bring to God. Even if I'm a little ashamed of it, even if it's not perfectly right, you know, you don't always get the answer that you think you're going to get. Maybe you think you're going to get scorned for something. And, and, you know, God just says, move on, move on. And, you know, try a little harder or do a little better. And, um, you know, I just found that his joke is easy. It's very easy living under the grace of God, in my opinion. But um, then Satan says, but put forth your hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse you to, to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that is in your power, only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of God. So we learn some things here. We learn that God doesn't put things on you, but he lets things be put on you. And, you know, for your own good even. You know, I'm not saying suffering always brings about goodness, but, you know, certainly in this life, we're going to suffer some, and it's not always going to be easy, and, you know, I know our family has went through a lot, you know, Brad, he's been, he probably doesn't know, but he's been on our board for a long time, and um, he went through a lot, and Angela, too, they're both cancer, and I'm not trying to point you out, but I'm sorry, but I'm very touched by it, you know, they're cancer survivors, and they're healed, and guess what? They're going to stay healed. Whether, and, you know, I know when it happened to me when I had to have something put in my heart that I didn't think I was healed, and I heard the voice of God speak to me, and he's like, when I heal you, you're healed. And move on. Live your life. And, and I just want to say one more thing about that. I don't want to get all weepy up here, but, um, you know, their attitudes are fantastic. You know? They could be bitter about it. They could be a lot of things, but they, they're just glad that, you know, they have life. And, um, and our family's like that. We're all, man, we're all cut right out of the same cloth. I mean, and I think it's because our parents, my mom had um, 13 brothers and sisters, I guess. And um, there's a lot of cousins. There's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And... Um, but we're all a lot alike. It's so amazing how we're alike and have that good foundation in us about God. Even if we didn't go to church all the time, we still have that good foundation. And, um, and I can see it in all of my, in all of them. So thank God for that.
But, um, you know, the story of Job is, you know, he, Job was tested. He was tested hard. And there's a few of us that have been tested hard. You want to be a pastor? You're going to be tested hard. <laughs> you are. It's spiritual warfare. And I just, it's just, you know, it's just, Satan just doesn't want you to do anything, you know. And, and if you don't think Satan's real, then you're probably deceived a little. But he just don't want you to do anything for God. He don't want you to come to church. He don't want you to do anything. And, um, you know, it's just, but after a while you learn that when you start getting that resistance, like if I get up and I don't want to go to church, then I know I should go to church. <laughs> There's probably something there for me because, you know, it's, it's a constant fight. It's, it's constant spiritual warfare. I mean, I don't know how it is in your life, but that's kind of how I feel sometimes. But you just got to move through it. And you have to realize, just like you guys, no matter what happens, you still got God. You know, you still got that foundation of God and, and everything's still possible to do anything you want. And, and Job was tested and, and he had these three friends and they came out to comfort him and not real good comforters at all. <laughs> not real good comforters. I mean... It's just like the Pharisees were getting mad about Jesus healing on the Sabbath day. I mean, somebody just got healed, and you're worried about keeping the law, or you're worried about following the rules. Somebody just got healed of something great, and you're worried about that. So it was a lack of compassion. And even with Job's friends, they had a, a big-time lack of, of compassion. So if you start having problems, and Dude and Rob and Steve Connor come to your house... Shut the door. Don't even let them in. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Couldn't resist. <laughs> let Bonnie come. Bonnie's a comforter right here. If you ever need comforted right here, this, this one is a good one. And her dad was the same way. And you know, I don't want to jump to mentors already, but he certainly was a big influence in, in my life and a lot of us for sure. So, um, you know, the foundation is critical. Your foundation is critical. You know, just like a building. If there's a building, the foundation is critical, right? I mean, it's got to be deep enough. The foundation, it's got to be solid enough. It's got to be able to withstand the weight of the building. You know, lives are like buildings. And um, the quality of the foundation determines the quality of the whole building. If the foundation's bad then the whole building's bad. You know, Job was tested. He was tested hard. He lost everything he had. He was a very rich man, and he had a lot of livestock and cattle and his family, and he lost everything. But, um, and he was stripped down to his foundation. And, but life, he built his life on God, and, um, and he endured. He endured all through it. And, you know, it's the same with you guys. You know, your life, if your life is built on God, then there's nothing that we can't endure. And, you know, the book of Job is about suffering and about divine sovereignty. Is that right, Rob? Sovereignty? Thank you. Rob always, he always corrects me, so. <laughs> always have that. But that's what your friends do. 
And the book of Job is a pick of faith, a picture of faith that endures. And, um, you know, his friends kept insisting that Job, that his sin was causing his suffering. But that's not always the case. You know, sometimes you're just getting tested. And, you know, and people just assume that. And that's, you know, that's not always the case. So if we uh, flip over to um, 38, Job 38 and 4. And this is how um, God answers Job. You know, Job has all these questions for God. Why am I suffering? Why am I going through this? You know, what did I do? Well, you didn't do anything. Sometimes it just happens, right? And, you know, are we going to be able to question the Lord? And we'll find out right here that we can't question the Lord. I mean, you can question him, and you might get an answer. And I question him all the time, but I don't question him about why he does stuff or why things happen. You know, it's just a trust thing. It's a faith thing, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But at 38.4, this is God's answer to Job. He's like, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. If anybody can answer these questions, go ahead. <laughs> none of us can. Obviously, none of us can answer these questions. It says, um, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements, since you know, or who stretched the line on it? Or what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who enclosed the sea with doors? When bursting forth, it went down from the womb. When I made a cloud, its gar- when I made a cloud, its garment, and thick dark, and thick darkness, its swaddling band, and I placed boundaries on it, and set a bolt and doors, and I said, "Thus far you shall come, but no farther, and here shall you, your proud waves stop." You know, God made nature. He created all of nature. And if you look in the book of Romans, you can get a picture of, of God. I mean, for, I mean, if you look outside, that's general knowledge of God. I mean, you look at the rivers, and you look at everything, how it's perfect. Everything's perfect. And, and people say, well, it's off a degree or two in the North Pole, and that's going to affect everybody, or global warming's going to affect everybody. Know what to say? God's in control. It, it's went a long way. He's done this a long time, and everything seems to be working pretty well, you know. And and if it was just off here and there, it would be a problem. Just like the North Pole being too warm is a problem. But I believe God's going to fix it, or I believe God's got it under control. It's probably a better way to put it. So you know. Um, so he's basically telling Job, until you understand nature, don't ask. Don't ask me about anything. When you understand nature and how it works, then, you, then we can talk. But, you know, if, and if you can't understand nature, how can you understand God's mind and character? If you can't understand the things that, that he's done, you can't. But, um, you know, it takes God to reveal things to you. You know, I know... I'm not a super intelligent person, and don't think I'm just saying that to be saying it. There's people that are smarter than me, for sure. 
in a lot of ways, but, you know, I have one thing on a lot of people. I'm hooked into God, and, um, you know, God tells me stuff, and, and, and the only thing that I do is repeat what God tells me. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that, but it, I repeat what he says, and that's, that's what I know. So um, let's talk about Satan just a little bit. You know, he's roaming the earth all the time. And he's looking for things that he can destroy, basically. Or, or um, you know, it's, it's a spiritual warfare all the time, as far as I'm concerned. And it, it's personal. It's very personal. And, you know, when it first started happening to me, I couldn't believe how personal it was. But he's going to attack your family right off the bat because that's where you're vulnerable and that's where he can get you and um, you know it says the Bible says that he's a destroyer and that's certainly the case and he's a roaring lion waiting to pounce do you ever notice that when things are going bad that that's when other things start happening too that it's like a like a domino effect and that's just amazing how that works isn't it but um you know, he puts a feeling of hopelessness on you. These are spiritual things, and that's one of the worst things, and that happens to me sometimes. And I just have to fight through it, you know, like there's no hope, like it's doom and gloom, and everything's going to go bad. But that's just of the devil, you know. That's just of Satan. And um, fear, man, that's a big one. I fight that one a lot, you know, before I came in here today. <laughs> so for sure but that's a good that's a, and sometimes I struggle with it for a while then I'm like get rid of it just get rid of it it doesn't have to be there I mean there's good fear but there's bad fear too and when fear cripples you that you can't do things or you don't want to do things then that's the one you, you want to get rid of and um, bitterness man that's a you know God said don't let these things hang on you don't let, I mean, he tells me this all the time. Don't let these things hang on you. Get rid of them. Just go forward. There's nothing you can do about it. Go forward. Everything's forward. And, um, of course, hate. You know, that's a hard one. You know, and it's a hard one. You know, God said, love your enemies. Good luck with that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got to say. I work on it, but some people at Ford I want to kill. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> <And> I fight it, <laughs> but, you know, basically at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's hate, I think you just, you know, when you learn to see things through God's eyes, you know, who knows what, you know, people go through, and who knows what they're going through, and that's kind of the way you got to look at it, and if they get a little snippy with you, sometimes you just got to let it go, hey, every once in a while they need told, maybe. You can tell them in the right way, but, you know, if they're pushing you too hard or something. But, um, you know, all these things are, are of Satan, you know, and of the devil. Let's turn to, um, got a few scriptures for you. Uh, John fourteen twelve. excuse me, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one, but. So live in the spirit, if possible, live above these things. 
not easy all the time. The hardest thing about working at Ford is not what you do, it's all the people. Like, we're, our group is like 10 or 12 people, and you, I don't want to say put up, but I do want to say put up with a lot of personalities, and, and you, you know, sometimes you too, you know, not having a great day. All righty, 14 and 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. The greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so the Father may be glorified in the, in the Son. You know, there's one theme that God repeats to me over and over again. Just believe. Just believe. All, all you got to do is believe. If you believe, it's possible. He just says it. Anything's possible if you can believe. So, and sometimes it's hard. That's not the easiest thing in the world either because you look out, you look at the circumstances, and you're like, uh-uh. But, you know, God, you just have to, you just have to believe. And um, it says greater works. Um, you know, this is interpreted a lot of different ways. I know how I interpret it. You know, I look at the book of Acts and the Acts of the Apostles, and they did some pretty good works. There was a lot of healings. There was uh, the blind saw, um, the lame walked. There was miracles in that book. Um, I like to call it the Acts of the Holy Ghost, personally instead of the Acts of the Apostle, because I feel like it is the Acts of the Holy Ghost. But, uh, and signs and wonders followed their ministries. You know, all of them. There was proof of God, and for the fact that they couldn't believe, that people couldn't believe, you know, that's just on them. I mean, you see somebody get healed and you can't believe, I mean, that's, you're not going to. <laughs> it's not going to happen, probably. And, you know, make no mistake about it, God reveals himself to everybody. And he takes no joy in anybody not making it or not being saved or not moving on. And, um, I mean, I believe that. But, you know, they did great things. The apostles did great things. If you look in um, Acts, Mike, put it up on the board there. Uh, he's probably got Acts 3, 1 to 9. Maybe just, I'm not going to read it, but if you just kind of maybe just flip through it for them. Let them just take a look. can't buy it with money salvation walking and leaping and praising God I like that the people saw it and they believed they were praising God. Amen. Love that. Love that part. But um, 
Let's turn over to Ephesians 4. I know I keep moving you around. Let's see how skillful you are in the Bible. <laughs> but you can look on the board too, obviously. And to me, this is what being a pastor is about. Um, and it's actually 4, 11, and 12, but I'll, just, I'll read this one. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors, and some as teachers. Now, why did, he, why did God give this for? for? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Is there something else to do? You know, in this church, I've heard dudes say there's two types of Christians. Humble and the ones that are going to be humbled. And that's one of my favorite sayings, actually, because I, I'm about 100% on that one. But, um, and Pastor um, Bill used to say there's two types of Christians. And this kind of goes along with the same thing. He's like, there's pastors and there's soul winners. And that's it. If you're not a pastor, you're a soul winner. If you're not a soul winner, you can be a pastor. So, you know, that's, that's what we're doing. We're trying to build this body up. We're trying to build up the Christian community. And, um, you know, a pastor should be equipped to do this, I would believe. And um, it's for the perfecting of the saints. Perfecting of the saints. Ongoing. The work of the ministry. The edifying of the body of Christ, the building up of the body of Christ. You know, I, I believe a church shouldn't run like the world. I mean, certain things are, and the way we live now, it, it has to happen, or the world we live in, that it's, you know, certain things have to be put in place. I, I understand that. But God revealed to me that a church should run like a wolf pack. You're like, what? I mean, that sounds weird. I know, but, and I said the same thing when I, when I heard it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but, you know, the alpha wolf is behind the pack. He's not in front of the pack. He's behind the pack looking out for them, looking over them. And the young males never challenge the alpha, this isn't a wolf pack, but never challenge the alpha male because everything they do is for the good of the pack. Because they hunt, and they're very much teamwork, and if they don't do it together, then they're not going to get the results that they're looking for. So um, they're of one accord. A wolf pack is of one accord. On Pentecost, they were of one accord. Guess what? Great things happened on that day. A lot of people got saved. And um, so all is done for the greater cause, and, and that's how they survive. If they didn't do things for that way, they wouldn't survive or they wouldn't eat. And um, so it's the same with the body of Christ. Everything should be done for the upbuilding of the body, for the strengthening of the body. And, and you know, you don't have to look at numbers. And I know every church you see is like, oh, I got 80, I got 70. I go to sleep every time I hear that because I don't really care. I mean, if there's two, that's fine. If there's four, that's better. You know, it, it doesn't matter, you know. And, and Bonnie said something this morning, that, and, and she was saying that, you know, she's, 
and I'm not dumping on anybody, but she went to a Muslim church, and there's like a thousand people there. I'm sorry. (laughs) She didn't go to the service. I'm sorry, buddy. All right, I'm done. (laughs) But she went by, and she's like, why don't all these people have, you know, they don't have the truth. And, um, but you know what? You know, God, he doesn't, he's not a, I mean, he's a numbers guy and he's a scientist, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it, it can be two or it can be four or it can be 20 and, you know, the quality of what you got is better than the quantity of what you don't got and everybody's not going to be, everybody's not going to get the truth because not everybody wants it. They want to believe the Bible says vain imaginations. They want to believe what they want to believe. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you can believe what you want, and I never tell anybody how to believe, but, you know, I'm interested in the truth, you know, personally. All right. You know, I meant to pray, and I forgot. But um, I'll be all right. Let's talk about, um, and we only got like a couple more hours to go, so that's a dude joke. But I got him first, though. <laughs> Everybody's like, Ugh. I think Rob's going to go hang himself. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. I feel like he's like one of Job's friends, for sure. <laughs> he's giving me heck all week, and I'm like, just in our own little way, and I'm like, do I really need this this week? And I'm like, well, I kind of expect it. <laughs> I'd be doing the same thing or did the same thing. But, um, you know, a personal relationship with God is, to me, is everything. And why he died on the cross is why we have that, you know, ability to do that. And it's up to you. You know, you can tap into it or you don't have to tap into it, you know. And, um, you know, I always say this, but like in everybody in, in Mason and Westchester and other communities have everything they need. So sometimes they just don't think about God. And, um, you know, it kind of reminds me in Revelation, and this is not theological or anything, but the church of Laodicea, they were lukewarm. They're lukewarm about, you know, about God. And... Um, you know, I might not always say it, but I'm not lukewarm about God. I mean, you might not always say it, but I'm not lukewarm in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and and the more you get to know him, the less lukewarm you're going to be, in my estimation. But, you know, to me, it's like the revealing, it says the revelation, the book of Revelation is the revealing of Christ. And if you understand the book of Revelation, you'll get a blessing. I believe it. In my personal life, it's the revealing of Jesus Christ. He reveals more things to me every day about himself. And man, I find that I can't find fault with him. I mean, I shouldn't be trying, but I do sometimes. I'm like, you know, but, and, you know, we should be becoming more and more Christ-like as we go. And, you know, like I say, there's going to be trials and tribulations, but... You know, when it comes down to it, 
You know, if you got somewhere warm to stay and food to eat and you got God, you're in pretty good shape, aren't you? You know, sometimes I want more than that. I'm like, well, I want this. A new boat would be nice. Better than Jared's. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but things like that. But then, I, you know, sometimes even God reminds me that you got what you need. You know, and if you get added to it, that's great. If not, then move on. But, um, you know, through all this, you start, when God, you know, you start having a relationship, he starts revealing things to you that maybe you didn't see about yourself. And I always thought I was a confident person, but then I realized that I don't have confidence in some areas for sure. And, um, and um, but God made me stronger in those areas, you know, just like when I went to Ford, I was scared, scared to death, man. That, you ever go down Sharon Road? That factory starts here and it goes a mile or two, right, Angela? Would you say? <laughs> and there's a, thousands of people in there and they're telling you all these things. And they're like, is this like going to prison? Or <laughs> <laughs> Then it's a lot of mechanical things, which I'm not terribly comfortable with because that's really not my area of strength. And if you know me, Brad, you probably know that. <laughs> Getting stuck in the ditch. But, um, but God strengthened me in these areas. You know, once I started doing stuff, I realized, like, I can do this. And I'm as good as anybody. You know, and my bosses love me, but there's a lot of lazy people around there. So the bar is not real high, isn't it? <laughs> That's a good thing. The bar is not high. <laughs> I know, by default, <laughs> Steve said. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, we talk about in this church, and I'm a big advocate of this, the two witnesses, and I don't hear a lot of other churches talking about it. Maybe they talk about it different, but I don't hear it a lot. And basically, we're talking about the Bible, and we're talking about the Spirit of God that goes along with the Bible. And it strengthens you. I mean, I can be real frantic sometimes and, and go read the Bible and have God talk to me a little and, man, I'm good again. I come out and I'm different. And if I stay away from it too long, I get weak. It's, it, it's weird. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know how I lasted before my 40 years of no goodness, you know, because he didn't care. But... um you know, so the voice of God, you got to learn to hear it. It's, and you got to, you know, I go into my prayer closet, I read the Bible, then I pray. Then I let my spirit, you may do it different, and you can do it different. There's no, there's no certain way to do it, but then I let my spirit get real quiet, then I can hear. Like, get rid of everything. The worries, get rid of them. Everything, get rid of them. Then if God tells me to pray for somebody, then I do. You know, if God tells me to go pray for somebody, and I do, I can hear very well. And, um, you know, I'm very thankful about that, you know. And, and the one thing that, one of the biggest things that I notice about God is word comforter. If there's a more correct word about God, I don't know what it is. Because when I can't be comforted by anything else, God can comfort me. Amen. And he's a comforter. And even through all the tough times, He's a comforter, and, and Bonnie's a great comforter. And I'm, just, I'm not just saying, I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. And, and 
Brother Beasler was could make you feel better in about two seconds, you know. And he wouldn't pull no punches with you either. He would tell you the truth. <laughs> he would let you. He did me anyway. I don't know anybody else, but but um, you know, God gives us. You know, they talk about these spiritual gifts, and God gives us these gifts for the for the you know the building up of the body of Christ. And you know, some of them are prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, um, discernment. You know, discernment's not about discerning other people. If you want to discern other people, discern yourself for about six months, and you'll never discern anybody again. Trust me, because you'll see all your flaws, and you'll never. So, you know, so, you know, I want to have a heart like David in the Bible, like King David. And, and his only thing was he wanted to do God's will. Whatever God wanted him to do, that's what he wanted to do. And, you know, I think that's, that's a great thing. And it's a friendship with God, you know. God tells me he loves me all the time. And I tell him back, you know. And I love it, you know. It's comforting. But you need a broken and a contrite heart, you know. Yeah. God's not going to put up with that foolishness of other stuff where'd that come from oh it's mine anyway um so you know i always said jesus said it i believe it that settles it jesus said it i believe it and that settles it i don't need any more information and um all right we're almost there guys a couple more things i just want to talk about my mentors just for it's kind of like a resume i guess for a minute or two but I um, had a few of them, that's for sure. You know, the, the cool thing about God is that he surrounds you with people that can help you. And, you know, and people that can build you up and, and people that can get you to where you want to go or where he wants you to go. And, um, you know, the first one was Jack White. Um, I was under him for about one year, we'll say. And very charismatic, <laughs> very good speaker. Lost his teeth one time over the pulpit. Remember that? His <laughs> false teeth, they come right out. I'm like, I don't know if I could get through that. <laughs> he laughed and got right through it. It was funny. But, um, and he was, uh, he was really funny and really compassionate. And, you know, I remember asking him if I could preach. And he's like, all right, I'll let you preach. And um, that was a Thursday night. And after I got done, he's like, he preached out of, out, of, out of a book in the Bible I never even heard of. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it was kind of funny way he said it. And, and Chuck's like, you did a good job. You did okay for the first time. I'm like, all right. I like it. <laughs> I'm all right with it. Um, and there was others from this church. Certainly Dude has had a good influence on me and Bonnie. I mean, he's been a great pastor and... Bonnie's certainly a great pastor's wife. You know I'm a big Bonnie fan, so I'm not going to go any farther. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I like you too, dude, just not as much. <laughs> yeah. I didn't call Bonnie, did I? <laughs> I called somebody that I thought could lift that thing out. <laughs> Used to, he might have lifted that thing out. <laughs> Maybe. But there's other ones, Rob and Marcia. You know, Rob's been a good friend of mine. 
And he stuck with me through hard times and bad times and Marcia too. I mean, I love both of them for sure, for the most of the time. <laughs> as much as you can love somebody. <laughs> but um, and there was other ones here, Gary Underwood. I don't know if you guys remember him, but and certainly his son, Gary Jr. And I love Gary Jr. I don't know him very well, but I love him because of Gary Sr., if that makes sense. And Gary Sr., he was very strict, and he would not pull any punches with you. I mean, I preached one time, and I come down, I was like, yeah, I did all right. And Gary looked at me, he's like, don't preach that water down. <laughs> I'm like, ah. You know why? But I just said, okay. <laughs> so all I said was, okay. <laughs> but, you know, one thing I loved about him, when he got up here and sang, you could feel the Holy Spirit jumping all over it. I mean, that's what I saw. And every time he was, but he was who he was, but he was, he could be difficult at times, I'm sure, but as we all can, but I, he's a great, I mean, I, I he's a great guy for sure. Um, then there's Pastor Bill. I'm sure you've heard, this. I've told you the story about him. He's a powerful man for sure. And he's definitely one of my mentors, and, and uh, still love him to death. I love him for what he did. I mean, he, I've told you this before, but tell the others. He Bible studied me for two years, three or four nights a week. Yeah, for, for two years, for nothing, you know. And, and he let me know who the boss was. <laughs> Sometimes I thought I was the boss, but he really didn't challenge him on the Bible too much. But there was stuff we didn't agree on at the end. You know, his wife um, wore a dress, probably like the old church of Sharonville some, and her hair was up, and he believed you had to, this was the way you did it, and he didn't watch TV. That cut me off right there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he didn't, but he was a full-time minister, and he was very serious about what he did. And um, his church had like, he built his own church and had 85 people, and he Bible studied every one of them in there. So, I mean, and he always used to tell me, it's a personal gospel. It's a personal gospel, and, and I believe that for sure. And I will tell you this quick story, but the first time I met him, he's like, I was talking about, I was working in Jeffersonville at a shoe store, Allen Edmonds. And he comes in, and we're talking, we're hitting it off pretty good. So we start talking about... Um, I don't like to say religion. I'll say spirit, spirituality. And um, so we started talking about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to cast out demons and do all these great things. And, and he sat there and listened to me for about five minutes. And like the apostles, like the Acts of Apostles, you know. And um, he's like, well, don't you think you need the Holy Spirit to do that? I'm like, yep, I think I do. <laughs> so that's when our Bible study started. And, you know, he... He believed that you had to speak in tongues to be saved, and, you know, I just don't believe that way, you know, because I know people that don't, and I look around, and I see a lot of great Christians, and it's really hard for me to believe that you're going to be disqualified for, for that, you know. But so I, in my heart, I know that it's, you know, so he wasn't perfect. But um, one thing that did happen with us that was funny, that he got lung cancer, and... Um, God said, pray for him, and fast three days, water, pray for him. 
<laughs> don't want to. And I told him, and he kind of you know, laughed at me a little. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> because, you know, I'm a novice, and I'm still a novice, I'll let you know. But I'm a novice, and he's a pretty successful pastor already, so he thought, no, this couldn't be. And so I did. And, you know, and I'm not saying he got healed. And I'm not saying that he got healed because of me, because there's a lot of people praying for him. But I did what I was supposed to. And, you know, one thing I do want to say is, you know, anything you do or anything that happens, if God works through you to, to heal somebody, make sure you give God the credit. Yeah. You know, yeah. just please. You know, if I did something and anybody tried to thank me, I'd be like, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> Look up. Because I'm just a man. I can't help you. I mean, I can't, you know, you're not staying at my house. <laughs> but, no, I'm kidding. Except Brad. I'll let him. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, God's the one that's going to help you. And, uh, and he's the one that did it. And sometimes he says no. And, you know, even with AJ's dad, Jamie, I mean, I prayed for that guy maybe too much. And God just said, I'm not going to do it. It's just not in my will to do it. Not that he didn't want to, but he just didn't do it. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. And it was a hard thing for me to accept, you know. But it's called life, I guess. It's, you know, that's why we move on. All right, last thing. You can clap if you want. <laughs> I got you out of here faster than Pastor Dude. We'd still be talking. Wouldn't we? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't go on and on. But um, I'm going to talk about my calling. And, um, you know, you can take this for what you think it's worth, I guess. Um, you know, I feel like two years ago, I was supposed to be the pastor of this church. Not two years ago, but at some point. And not my timing. What do you always say? Do timing or... Yeah, and that's a hard one. God's timing is so hard. Because I'm thinking, oh, that must mean next week. It didn't mean next week. It meant that preparation was beginning. Not that preparation hadn't already started. So, you know, for, um, you know, the first thing I said was, I heard Rob say it the other day, and it kind of hit me, but not worthy. And God's like, nobody's worthy. <laughs> I pick them, but nobody's worthy. I go, okay, I'll accept that. But, um, so I feel like I've been preparing for this. And, and, you know, people say, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called. All right, where are you, like Pastor Bill used to say, where are you called to? You got to be called somewhere, you're just called? Well, you got to be called to a specific place. And, um, you know, for two years, God's been telling me that I've been called to this church. Why he picked me, I don't know. Are there people more deserving? Good chance. You know, I don't look at those things personally. I look at what God says, and I don't try to think into it too much, you know, because it'll get you in trouble. But, um, you know, and every day he tells me the same thing, you know, and I don't know why, maybe just for me to get it into my head to believe it, so, 
you know, if you maybe put up Romans 8.28, Mike, if, if you don't mind. I'm not going to read it, but... You know, the only thing I can tell you, I'm not going to go on about all this and, and what can happen, but just do your heart, you know, whatever you think. Do your heart, and whatever you think God tells you, you know, do your heart. And it says, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. To those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, we all have a purpose. You know, the body of Christ, if everybody was a pastor, wouldn't work. You know, if, if everybody did what Mike did, wouldn't work. We'd have five guys up in the booth, wouldn't fit. <laughs> But so there's got to be different parts to everything, you know, to, to the body of Christ. Very important. So I don't have too much more than that, but, um, you know, whatever happens, I'm at peace with it, you know. I still have God. No offense, but <laughs> I don't take that wrong, but my foundation is good. And that's what we're talking about, you know. And, you know, like we like to say these days, it is what it is, right? But God always tells me, if I'm with you, who's going to be against you? So, amen. I'll turn it over to Brother Dude.